On this episode of Yelling from the Couch, I interview Joey Dwyer. He covers Vanderbilt sports for VandySports.com. You can check him out on X at Joey underscore DWI. We preview the UK Vanderbilt football game this Saturday in Vanderbilt. We talk about the construction going on in Vanderbilt. We talk about Vanderbilt's heartbreaking loss last week to UNLV and what the expectations are for the Vanderbilt season going forward after that heartbreaking loss and what the expectations were before the season started. And we talk about what Vanderbilt could do to try to pull the upset on Kentucky this Saturday. Stick around. We'll be right back after this with Joey Dwyer. At this time, I'd like to welcome my guest. He covers Vanderbilt sports for VandySports.com. He is Joey Dwyer. Welcome to the show, Joey. Thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to doing it for sure. All right. Uh, so we're here to preview Kentucky and Vanderbilt matchup this Saturday at 12 o'clock uh, on the SEC Network. Last week was a tough week for Vandy as they fell in heartbreaking fashion, 40 to 37 to UNLV out in Las Vegas. How tough was that loss for Vandy? Uh, there's no sugarcoating it. That was perhaps the worst loss of the Clarkley era. There were some bad ones early, but you had the excuse of it wasn't his roster. It was early in the build, but now. It's not really an excuse. It's Clarkley's team. It's his culture. It's his guys. And losing a game in the way they did in terms of just looking better than a team but making mental mistakes and letting small things add up and turn into huge things and ultimately beating itself, it feels like, just kind of shows uh, the deficiencies in this program still and really brings to light a lot of the things that perhaps need to change in the future. Uh, I kind of tuned into the end of that game. Vandy was up, was it 17 to nothing mm-hmm. at one point in time? Yeah, it was 17 and, nothing in the first quarter, and they were completely dominant. It was pretty obvious they had a more talented group and probably should have won that game by a significant margin. So with them dropping that game, they fall to 2-2 two and two on the season uh, with the loss the week before to Wake Forest. What were the preseason expectations for Vandy at the beginning of the year? And what are the expectations after last Saturday? Yeah, the expectation has definitely changed. All you heard all offseason from everyone surrounding that program is, this is the year we make a bowl game. This is the year that we have to make a bowl game. And it felt like early in non-conference play was really essential to that. They had to go 4-0. Two SEC wins is difficult for a program like Vanderbilt, but it felt possible if they could show enough through the first four games. But now it feels like the goal really is to just salvage this and not have it be embarrassing uh, and that's really disappointing for this group's goal to be to pull an upset here or there like it did last season versus taking a step into bowl eligibility and taking that next step as a program Clarkley seems to be a guy who can turn it but obviously this does not help his case in terms of the message he's trying to send and the culture he's trying to build losing a game like this and even losing a Wake Forest a game they could have won but again made mistakes that really kept it out of the game, even though it looked like with two or three less little things done wrong, could have been a one-score game or a game that came down to the wire. Now, Vandy finished last season at 5-7 and seven with one of their wins coming against UK at Kroger Field. Running back Ray Davis had 26 carries, 126 yards, one touchdown. It was such a menace that UK went out and got him in the transfer portal. Are there any hard feelings toward Davis for transferring in-conference from Vandy fans? 
certainly from the fan base, it's harder to get a read on the team just because there's a lot of PR talk, as you know. Uh, it's hard to know kind of exactly where things stand with him and the team, but the fan base certainly, especially with some comments I'm sure you saw about a month or two ago in the preseason, that was he said something along the lines of, I like being in a football town like Lexington or something like that, and the Vandy fan yeah. base certainly did not <laughs> did not take well to those comments. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of the Vandy fan base would like to see Ray Davis get shut down on Saturday, not only because they want Vandy to win, but because they want Ray Davis to get shut down. And it's even more of a storyline because of how Vanderbilt has struggled to run the ball. They could really use Ray Davis this year. And I don't know that would have been completely possible to get him back, but they certainly could use him. There's a lot of question marks in that running back room with a pretty similar O-line to what Vandy had last year. Obviously, it's not getting as much push as it probably did last year, but I think Ray Davis fixes a lot of issues for a lot and masks a lot of things. And Vanderbilt will certainly have – it's a uh, hands full on Saturday trying to stop Ray Davis. And that'll be probably the storyline of the day. Yeah, that'll be a big storyline going in Ray Davis against his old team. Uh, I personally, I hope that he has a big game like he did last <laughs> year in this game. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so since Vanderbilt, they've dropped their last two and they're two and two and they need four more wins to become bowl eligible. And this schedule coming up, it's, it's SEC. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Their West opponent is Ole Miss and Auburn. Uh, do you think there's any chance that they could get to three to four SEC wins? Here's the thing of what I've seen from this team. It's like it's probably Clarkley's most talented team by somewhat significant margin. Obviously, they miss Ray Davis. They seem to miss Mike Wright a little bit more than I would have expected them to. But it feels like it's somewhere in there. I'm just not confident that with the Wake Forest – loss in the UNLV loss that it can get to that point. This team is really talented. It has guys who will play in the NFL on both sides of the ball. C.J. Taylor, Will Shepard, maybe DeRicky Wright, maybe a couple other guys, but just hasn't come together for this team. Regardless of the talent, there's guys who turned out in NIL money to go bigger places and stayed at Vandy. Felt like they believed in the message, and it felt like preseason this could be a team that went somewhere right now, though. I wouldn't be confident in them getting that. I do think it's a possibility, though, if they can clean things up. Last year, you might recall, they went into Kentucky on a 26-game SEC losing streak. So it could be worse, and I think there's some momentum, or at least in SEC play, there's some momentum. And now it's a group that knows that, hey, it's not completely unattainable, but it feels like this is a group that still is kind of far away from what it should be and what it expected to be and it feels like Vandy basketball last year to where maybe it's a little too late when they start to kind of find themselves and make a late push I don't know if you remember that they beat Kentucky twice in a week essentially but it was too little too late and I'm scared for this program that maybe they get to four wins and look like a bull team by the end of the year but it won't be enough yeah I, I definitely remember both of those points uh you you brought up uh, about Vandy beating Kentucky last year in <laughs> football and basketball. basketball. Games were, those games were absurd. The SEC tournament game was probably the most exciting game I'd covered in person. Just being courtside for that was unbelievable. What a game that was on either side. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a disappointment for Kentucky basketball to uh, to lose that one there. But like you said, it, you know, good game in the tournament there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Vandy looks to be a little beat up heading into this week. Uh, what are some of the injuries that's going to affect Vanderbilt coming into this game against Kentucky? Yeah, there's a lot. I need to check the injury report 
fully, but Jalen Mahoney looks to be questionable. The Ricky Wright, uh, their star safety, actually both really good secondary players for them, uh, and that's hard to do this year and say with this roster to have two good secondary players with the way they've defended the past game. The Ricky Wright's questionable. Uh, he's been hurt since Alabama A&M, but has played through it. Carkley calls him a warrior. I don't think he's incorrect. Junior, uh, Zebu, lineman is out. Probably he's doubtful. Um, there's a, a few more to note. Let me get to the injury report so I can sure. remember it. But Ricky Wright and Jalen Mahoney are the ones that really stuck out, stuck out to me. Otherwise, it feels like they're – I think this is their longest injury report of the season, but that won't be an excuse for them. They should have enough to be able to compete with Kentucky, but I just don't know that they're in the state that they need to be right now. Let me pull up the injury report real quick. Yeah. Um, here we go. Christian James is out. He's been out the whole year. Savion Riley, um, another solid guy on the second level, is questionable. He was out last week. B.J. Anderson, their veteran corner who had a rough game at Wake Forest, didn't play against UNLV, is probable. Gunnar Hansen, a lineman's probable. C.J. Taylor, their best defensive player, is probable, and that's about that's about it. Grayson, another lineman, is questionable. So there's a there's some injuries, and I don't know how many guys will be out, but they're a little more beat up than they have been in the past, kind of by nature of it being this time of the year, though. Yeah, and going into SEC play, you know, after coming out of SEC play, you're definitely going to have some injuries. So going into it injured is not not ideal for a team. No, not at all. And you mentioned some secondary players there, uh, you know, that were that were out and injured. And you know, UK's supposed one of their strengths on offense is is wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having those guys out may be tough to trying to cover some of the Kentucky wide receivers this week. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The snap counts have really changed in terms of corners, especially as the year's gone on. It was B.J. Anderson and Tyson Russell, two older guys, getting all the reps early. But now it's been Martel Height and Trudeau Berry. They were moved to starters on the depth chart this week. And that has been Vanderbilt's biggest area of weakness throughout the year. The young guys kind of feel like them throwing stuff at the wall, trying to get it to stick, but both are very talented. Barry was their highest-graded guy against Wake Forest. I don't have the PFF grades in front of me for UNLV, but I'd imagine he would be somewhat high. Uh, Martel Height got a pick six against UNLV, but also got burned late to give up what put UNLV in field goal range. So it feels like both of those guys are going to have a learning curve, but probably their best long-term options at corner, B.J. Anderson, still a little sick from what I understand, but is going to be able to go, and he's a veteran corner who got picked on at Wake Forest. So he'll play. You're going to see all four of those guys. Their safeties are good if they're healthy, uh, but the corners are probably the worst position group on the roster. And something that's been a question for a long time has been their secondary. So uh, who would be some of the key players to watch for on offense? Uh, I know quarterback uh, A.J. Swan is thrown for – 1,100 yards this season. Uh, pretty pass-happy group, right? Yeah, since the losing Ray Davis, they've really struggled to run it. Um, Patrick Smith is kind of the lead back. He's been okay, has struggled a bit at times to make plays kind of in the open field, and their lines also struggled to get some push. Um, Cedric Alexander is a 
freshman running back who was taking a lot of carries in the backfield. I think actually got the most carries against Wake Forest, was a little less against UNLV. He's really talented and might be their best runner. Looking at receiver, Will Shepard's the obvious one that sticks out. I'm sure Kentucky fans remember him from last year. That's going to be an NFL player, a guy who goes probably day two of the draft. Really, really talented receiver. Speaking of, London Humphreys, their freshman receiver, is probably the freshman that's been the biggest positive and maybe the biggest positive around this entire roster through four weeks. One SEC freshman of the week last week went for 100 yards, I think, in UNLV and Wake Forest games. He's really emerged, has track speed. He actually grew up not playing football uh, as a freshman in high school, played it for the first time, hated it, uh, hated playing defense, and then transitioned exclusively to offense, became a really good player, wrote a feature on that a few weeks ago, but that's a guy who Vanderbilt fans are really excited about. Um, those are the two receivers that really stick out. Jaden McGowan's had a really good year as well, another speedster. Junior Sherrill, another receiver, is a lot like Jaden McGowan in terms of his speed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they don't have a whole lot of playmakers outside a receiver, and I think that's a big concern for a group that struggled on the line. The pass protection hasn't been terrible. The run blocking has not been awesome at all though and I think that's really hampered them a young quarterback like AJ Swan needs some support from his run game and he frankly has not gotten it from that or the offensive line thus far and that's led to him trying to be the hero and force some things and make some bad decisions which has really hampered their offense uh London Humphreys uh he's a kind of a big play receiver isn't he uh mm-hmm. only nine catches from 266 yards on the season yeah he's a like I said, he's a track star. He probably could have gone anywhere in the country to run track, was also a really gifted baseball player, played basketball as a high schooler. Uh, big play threat is what I would describe him as. I think the question I have for him as he gets older is whether he can kind of refine his game into being more of a complete receiver like Shepard is. But, man, the future is bright for him. And they have some guys to compliment him in 2024. And even Junior Sherrill is classmate, both of which are Nashville guys, which is a cool thing that Clark Lee likes to talk about uh, just getting Nashville guys to his program those are two examples and two guys who have made an early impact Humphreys has been exceptional though and I, I don't even think they expected that much from him but they can do a lot of things with him they can put him in a lot of different looks and that speed plays he might be the fastest guy on their roster so uh, AJ Swan's a starting quarterback Ken Seals he's a senior did he correct me if I'm wrong but did he start some games for Vanderbilt last season? I know Mike Wright started against Kentucky, I think. Uh, it was two seasons ago that Ken Seals started, I believe. Okay. So, he got in the game on Saturday when Swan went out with an injury for a while. Didn't impress overly, so it's going to be Swan again, and I think it's his job to lose unless things really, really go downhill. I think Swan's their guy, and he's going to be who they ride with or not. Whether Vanderbilt fans like it or not, I think. Uh, Vanderbilt not too crazy on Swan or? Um, Swan is really talented, one of the most talented quarterbacks Vanderbilt's had in recent memory. The decision-making has not been great, though, and I think the fan base is starting to sour on him a little bit just because he hasn't had a great year thus far. The interceptions, and frankly, he's had a lot of throws that could have been interceptions but weren't intercepted. But you see kind of what A.J. Swan can be every week. They'll have a drive where they look make it look really easy. They'll just walk down the field. They'll throw it 
to Humphreys. He'll make a long catch, and then they'll punch it in. And then the next drive, it looks like you're pulling teeth on offense. So it's a, it's a work in progress for him, but the talent's there, and really the talent on this entire offense is there. It's just about putting it together, really. And that's kind of the tale with the Kentucky offense for Kentucky fans' perspective. Uh, right. You know, Devin Leary, you look at the stats, and, you know, he's got some pretty good stats. And some of the receivers, and Robinson, uh, Barry and Brown, you know, they've had – seems like they've had a pretty good year so far. Mm-hmm. But as Kentucky fans, it just doesn't seem like they have completely clicked yet. And, it, you know, the expectations doesn't seem like they've lived up to them. You know, they had a big win last week over Akron, but – Felt like it could have been more, and I feel like that's how Vanderbilt fans feel about their offense as well. Right. This team hasn't put together four awesome quarters all season. I think that's certainly a concern for this group. I'm sure Kentucky fans kind of feel a similar way, but even against Alabama A&M, Vanderbilt was sluggish for most of the first half, was only up 12-3 to at halftime, and kind of just wore Alabama A&M down, which is why they won by so much. Hawaii, Vanderbilt just couldn't put away, and then – Wake Forest, obviously a loss, and UNLV, obviously a loss as well. This team hasn't played four full quarters, and a lot of that's been due to the offense making mistakes and not being able to consistently put together good drives. I don't think this team is capable of winning a shootout just yet, but it feels like the group that has the talent to one day be able to do that. But that's the thing about that Vanderbilt fans have really hated to hear is how much talent this group has had because it really – hasn't showed all that much outside of that passing game, like you mentioned. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way with Kentucky and the uh, expectations on the offense. They haven't been able to put a full four quarters together yet. Right. Hopefully they will soon. Maybe uh, Saturday. Maybe may Saturday. And maybe <laughs> Vanderbilt will too. You never know. <laughs> that would make for a fun game. It definitely would. Uh, so uh, – what do you think would be the key matchup in Saturday's game for Vanderbilt? There's a lot. It's almost just more so than a matchup. I kind of just lean to can Vanderbilt do little things well. I think if I were to point to something, it would be whether they can contain Kentucky's run game because I think Kentucky is going to throw the ball where it wants to on Vanderbilt. But whether it's run game, which has been solid early on but really struggled against Wake Forest, wasn't horrible against UNLV, Vanderbilt's passing game is going to struggle. They don't get much pass rush in their corners or certainly a question mark. The run game, if they can stop Ray Davis, is I think the matchup to watch. So not just because of how important it is to this game, but also because of all the storylines mixed in with it. Yeah, that was that was going to be one of my key matchups was the Ray Davis versus his old team. And like you said, the storyline and the backstory behind that. It'd be interesting to see if he could put up numbers like he did against his old team with his new team that yeah, he did would, against his old team last year. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting because Vanderbilt against Wake Forest really, really struggled to stop the run. There were tackling issues. They wanted Wake Forest to run on them uh, and try to establish their offense that way because Vanderbilt thought that was a strength and then just got completely beat up on the ground. Otherwise, hasn't looked terrible in terms of stopping the run, but they haven't played Kentucky yet. And I think Kentucky might be a new animal in terms of that. Yeah. And Kentucky on defense, I think that uh, their front seven is really good. Uh, the back secondary uh, would be the issue. And with Vanderbilt passing, uh, you know, they may be able to throw for a little bit if they get time, if, you know, Swan gets some time back there. And I think that could be another key matchup as well as the, 
Vanderbilt passing game against Kentucky secondary. Absolutely. I think Vanderbilt, if it can throw, could probably stay in this game and maybe keep pace with Kentucky for a while. And that's probably where you try to hang your hat if you're Vanderbilt. I don't know that this Vanderbilt team has an identity. They've tried to make it toughness and grittiness, and they've tried to make it winning at the margins. It hasn't been that. Can it become a team that can consistently be good enough in the passing game to kind of hang its hat on that? I'm not sure, but feels like there's an opportunity there this weekend. The offensive line hasn't been great, but it's an experienced group with some continuity. So you think maybe sometime it can come together. Saturday would be a great time for that to come together. Yeah, in the SEC opener. Absolutely. At, Vander, at Vanderbilt, uh, there is uh, construction going on at the stadium. What is going on with all that? <laughs> uh, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to talk about. Both the end zones are dirt. There's a lot of a lot going on there in terms of pipes, or not even pipes, just steel rods. And the scoreboard against Hawaii in the opener was swaying, which was a little scary. Uh, I was kind of hoping it wouldn't fall on the field. That would have been real scary. But yeah. it doesn't look terrible, all things considered. It's definitely noticeable, though. And it'll be noticeable for Kentucky fans that travel. It's really yeah. difficult to get in and out of there at times. Uh, you have to go through Memorial Gym. If you come, on, come in on one side and you can't get, you can't take a full lap around the stadium, because you'd have to cut across the field to do that. So it's more noticeable if you're in the stadium in terms of the game day experience. But, I mean, you'll, you'll notice it. It doesn't look terrible from what I can tell on TV, though. Obviously, I haven't seen a game on TV there this year because I've been in the stadium. But it's, uh, it's interesting. It might be good for Vanderbilt to decrease the capacity a little bit like that, though, just because they would be so outnumbered. And they probably will be outnumbered yeah. in terms of fans. But it makes it a little less drastic if uh, – you know, if Kentucky fans can only take up a certain amount of the seats. And I thought Vanderbilt fans would show up a little more early before they started losing than they have. And now really interested to see what that crowd looks like and what percentage of Kentucky it is versus Vanderbilt fans. Yeah, I'm curious to see, too, because like I said, you know, well, Kentucky, they always travel well to Nashville, uh, you know, SEC tournament, Vanderbilt games especially football games, they usually, you know, pack the stadium there. Mm-hmm. But with the, you know, kind of disappointment with the team so far, just wonder how many would travel, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how many they will have in that stadium as well, especially with the construction and everything going on. Right. Just see if, you know, there would be a lot of people thinking that it would be worth their time to go down there or not. So that would be something to look out for too. Yeah, luckily for uh, Kentucky, they haven't lost a game yet. So – I'm sure that will help, but, I mean, yeah, I don't think Kentucky fans are overly happy from what I've seen either. Uh, you know that better than I have, but it'll be interesting to see if they can fill that stadium up. It would be an interesting environment if uh, that's the case. Yeah, like you said, like watching it on TV, you probably won't even, you know, viewer watching on TV won't even know a difference, most likely, that there's construction going on unless they make it a part of the broadcast. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the stadium, they'll notice it. Will that, will that have any effect on the Kentucky football team? I've been kind of trying to get a feel for that in terms of how it affects sight lines and such. I don't think it's a huge difference. Uh, obviously, it's something to get used to, but I think Vanderbilt also has to adjust to it. I haven't played there in two weeks. So I don't know how much of an advantage it'll really be, but it is interesting to kind of think about. I think the Kentucky locker room is in like a fold-up tent or something in the parking lot, which is interesting. So. <laughs> It'll be a it'll be a culture shock for them rather than going to some of the bigger SEC schools like Georgia and seeing those environments. But 
I don't know if it's necessarily an advantage one way or another. It's certainly different, though. Yeah, with that pop-up tent, like, what's the weather supposed to be down there Saturday? Do you know? It is supposed to be 87, so it could get real muggy in that yeah. tent. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Maybe, you know, maybe go outside the tent or something like that to kind of keep cool, maybe. But Yeah, it might we'll be see. tough even if you go outside the tent, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, UK leads the all-time series 48-43, four ties. Mark Stupas is 7-3 and three against Vandy, but lost last season at Kroger Field. UK opened up as a 14-point favorite, but that is now down to 13-and-a-half. Do you think Vandy covers? I go back and forth on this a lot just because I don't know what Vandy team we're going to see. I feel like this is a game that it could get up for, especially after getting punched in the face like it did last week and seeing, hey, we we got to figure this out. I wouldn't be shocked if Vandy kept this game close, but also I wouldn't be entirely surprised if Kentucky kind of runs them off the field. If Vanderbilt plays like it did last week, Kentucky will run it off the field. But also I feel like this team is still pretty bought in on what Clarkley's selling and wants to kind of turn this thing around and believes it can. So I wouldn't completely count them out yet from covering, but I don't know that it will necessarily be near that 14-point spread one way or another i'm just not sure which way yet so i'm not really willing to to bet on either side if i'm a neutral fan but it'll be really interesting to see what vandy team we see on saturday yeah like if you if you're not a like haven't watched any kentucky games or watched any vandy games for the season and you just look and see that line you'll be like oh yeah well kentucky could probably cover that Mm -hmm. but as you know as a fan who's watched every Kentucky game and watched some of vandy's I'm like, I don't think Kentucky's going to cover that. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what that point spread is. And I think Vandy will cover that one. And it'd be a lot closer, I think. Yeah, it's hard to bet on Vandy covering the spread this year, though. I'm pretty sure they're 0-3 against the spread, which is obviously not a good sign as to underperformance and such. Yeah, I, and, you know, I guess it's just where I'm expecting more out of Kentucky offense, you know, so right. far this season. And that's just the pessimistic fan in me seeing that, yeah, man, you'll definitely cover that 14, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, uh, I get some crap for being a realist sometimes, so uh, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> So uh, what what would Vandy need to do to pull the upset over Kentucky Saturday? I'm going to sound like an old coach, but mm. Clark Lee has preached doing small things well all season long, and I think that's really important for this team because we know it's talented. We know it's somewhere in there that they could find something, and it has areas in which it really struggles. The margin for error is really small for this group because the corners aren't on the level of other teams. The lines aren't on – the level of other teams it's hard for Vanderbilt to get players but there are talented guys and I think it's a team that's competent enough to beat somebody if it plays well it has to be able to do small things well though and that's kind of my theme for this whole season it's just Vanderbilt has made so many dumb mistakes I mean last week um, hit the backs on the on a punt didn't even get it to the punter and UNLV got the ball within the 10 so obviously there's a lot of uh a lot of room for improvement here. Maybe it would be a drastic improvement if Vanderbilt beats Kentucky, but it feels like it's somewhat in there. I guess in terms of a tangible outcome rather than just avoid making stupid mistakes that set Kentucky up for success, it would be a consistent passing game because it feels like that's Vanderbilt's path to staying in this game is just being able to air it out and almost being able to compete in the shootout like type 
type game against Kentucky. Although I don't know what, if that's going to be what it is, but it might have to be if Vanderbilt's going to win the game. I don't know if Vanderbilt's going to get enough stops or really shut Kentucky down enough to be able to win any other way. It'll have to make splash plays on defense like it did early against UNLV, and it'll have to really be able to air it out in the passing game. Am I super confident that it can do those things? Not really, especially the making plays on defense, but I do think it's in there in terms of both. Yeah, and like, you know, if Vanderbilt can get some turnovers against Kentucky because Kentucky made some mistakes last week and we saw the stupid turnover tire from Akron. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a whole different story there. But if, you know, they're, you know, not susceptible to, you know, not making mistakes, so – they can make Leary, – Leary can make some mistakes. The receivers, you know, a couple of them interceptions was on them. But if Vanderbilt can get some turnovers, I think that might be where they can pull the upset off. But like you said, Vanderbilt's got to play a clean game as well. Right. For sure. I think the pass rush is really important to that as well, and Vanderbilt hasn't really gotten much of that thus far. Well, Joey, uh, you want to tell us where we can find you and your work at? Yeah, if any Kentucky fans are interested or Vanderbilt fans are listening to this, you can find my work at vandysports.com. Uh, I've started to dive more into basketball content now because that's what people want to hear, but still uh, put out a five things to watch for article about the story, or about the game. Today we'll be at Vandy tomorrow for Clark Lee's presser. Um, wrote a column earlier this week, so the football coverage is still there. And uh, you can find us there on the VandySports.com YouTube channel, which we'll do a post-game show if any Kentucky fans are interested. Uh, maybe you'll be happy to see us talking poorly about how things went if Vanderbilt loses. But uh, Twitter also, Joey underscore DWY. I appreciate the opportunity to promote myself, and uh, thank you for letting me on. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Thank you for taking the time and joining me. Uh, we'll have to do this again during basketball season. Oh, yeah, I would love to. I call myself a mid-major basketball guy at heart. So, uh, SEC basketball is a big stage, but I'm up for it. Uh, who's your mid-major uh, school in? Uh, I go to Lipscomb. Oh, Lipscomb. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I'm a big uh, ace on basketball guy and whoever plays after the Vandy games at midnight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> big Hawaii right, guy. Oh, Hawaii guy. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time. And uh, like you said, we may tune into this podcast depending on uh, how, you know, the post-game show, depending on how the game goes on Saturday. Right, for sure. But, but yeah, uh, like I said, thanks for coming on. Uh, Go check Joey out. He's on X at? Uh, Joey underscore DWI. Joey underscore DWI. Go check him out on X. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We'll see you in the next one. Later. Thank you. My thanks to Joey Dwyer from VandySports.com for coming on to the podcast and chatting a little Vandy, Kentucky for this Saturday. Uh, Game time's at 12 o'clock at Vanderbilt.
Uh, Kentucky's a 14-point favorite, and we'll see if Kentucky can pull off the W against a Vanderbilt team who is injured and disappointed after last week's loss. Thanks to Joey for coming on again, and we'll see you in the next one. Later. Yeah.